It is another Smart Talk episode. Uh, I've lost count of what episode we are at, and uh, and I'm honestly I'm really too lazy to look it up. So I think I think we're at like episode maybe eight or nine. Uh, so welcome back. Um, on today's uh, episode, I'm joined by uh, Paul Zook, who is um, sorry, who is a USHL and OHL amateur scout at Smart Scouting. Hey, Paul, and how how are you doing? Josh, always a pleasure. I'm doing great. Uh, hockey season's in full swing. Uh, prospecting, I guess you could say, is also in full swing and looking forward to uh, another good episode here. Yeah, man. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, and I did see that recently Logan Cooley uh, had decided to commit to the University of Minnesota and uh, he decommitted, sorry, he decommitted uh, from Notre Dame um you know and over the course of like the last few months i mean we've seen a bunch of you know top level uh ncaa recruits that were you know that were committed to notre dame uh decommit and go elsewhere you know for instance uh record mcrorty um and then uh sasha Postujov. so logan cooley is uh is not headed to great bend indiana uh great bend i think I think uh, I, I, I forget the actual town name, but uh, hopefully it's that. <laughs> it's Grand Ben, <laughs> not to be that guy. But... Oh, okay. <laughs> well, if I offended anybody in, in, in Indiana, I'm really, really sorry. And uh, anybody at Notre Dame, I'm really, really sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sure we'll catch some flack for that one. But nevertheless, I mean, yeah, it, it's something's got to be going on there. I don't know if it's, you know, just everyone seeing, you know, so-and-so leaving and then, oh, I want to leave too. Or if it's just, you know, players making decisions that are better for themselves in the long run. Maybe it's a little of column A, a little little of column B, but they've taken quite a hit lately. Yeah, yeah. And, um yeah, and uh, I I don't you know I don't know if there's going to be you know any uh, you know any closure in terms of you know what's going on at Notre Dame and when I mean closure I mean like you know I don't I don't know if fans or you know or you know or analysts whatsoever are going to actually know what's going on because like you know it's huge to lose you know, three major commits. And uh, I, you know, I don't even know what the rest of the Notre Dame pipeline is, but, you know, but it, it also can't be a good sign for Notre Dame recruiting, you know, in general, because I mean, you have three high level profile guys leaving, um, you know, and I can't, you know, and I can't imagine that it's easy to sell uh, the university's hockey program right now. For sure. Um, just looking down their pipeline for the next couple of years, the most notable name I would say would be probably Brennan Ali or Tyler Duke. Um, aside from that, their recruiting class for next season's not big. I think uh, for all positions, I think you're only looking at about eight players. So, yeah. And then uh, speaking of Tyler Duke, you know, there's also Dylan Duke, his brother, uh, up at the University of Michigan. So. You know, there's, uh, you know, I, I guess never say never that, you know, Tyler Duke could end up at the University of Michigan as well. So, you know, with this, you know, with this current trend, 
I mean, anything like anything seems possible. For sure. Um, just to just to touch on Logan Cooley, though. I mean, first off, congrats to him. I mean, obviously making your uh, commitment to a college as a you know as a national uh, team development program player, uh, it's definitely huge. Um, he's definitely he definitely has a bright future ahead of him. So I uh, just want to say congrats to him. Uh, second off, though, I mean, that's you're looking at a team that's going to have a lot a lot of talent joining them next year. I mean, just, just off the top of my head, I, I know they got Cooley now, they got Jimmy Snuggerud, they got uh, both middle staff brothers, John and Luke, and they'll also have Cruz Lucius headed there at the moment. So, I mean, that's, that's quite a, quite a recruiting class, I must say. Yeah. And I mean, and they could still like, cause they could still keep Chaz too, no? Believe so. Okay. I mean, it, it, it's, it's going to be hard to say. I mean, he, he could stay. I mean, just looking at that too. I mean, if, if rosters stay the same, I mean, they're going to have a few players that leave, of course, but I mean, they'll be looking at playing with guys like um, Matt Nyes, uh, Ryan Johnson, uh, Aaron Hoogland, stuff like that. I mean, it's, it's a lot of talent that that school has. They're definitely going to be uh, pushing Michigan. That's for sure. Yep. Yep. Um, and you know, and when it comes down to Logan Cooley, um, you know, can you give, you know, can you give a basic overall snapshot, you know, of, you know, of what uh, University of Minnesota uh, Bulldog fans are getting in a kid like Logan Cooley? Oh, I mean, I don't know how long you want this podcast to be, but I could talk about <laughs> Cooley until the sun comes up. I mean, I, he's, he's my favorite player in the draft. I love every single aspect about his game. There's not really much to dislike. Um, hell of a talent in the offensive zone. Wizard with the puck on his stick. Just he, he does every single thing above expectation, I guess, for lack of a better term. And just Golden Gophers fans definitely have uh, a lot of talent coming their way. And Cooley's definitely the head of that, especially now that he's committed. But, I mean, I don't know how long he'll be there, but they're definitely going to enjoy every second that he's there. Oh, man. Did I, oh, man. Did I say um, – man, did I say Bulldogs? Yikes. Uh, I'm sorry. That's uh, – uh, man, I am not having a good night at all. Uh, sorry. Uh, the What, Bulldogs are uh, – Minnesota uh, Duluth. Yes, that's it. Uh, Jeez. <laughs> Yikes. Uh, yeah, maybe we should end the podcast right there. <laughs> uh, and I'm kidding. Um, so, but um, – but yeah, I mean, I just like, I just love Logan Cooley and, you know, and I, you know, and I feel it like, I like the U18s, like last year, he just like really, really, really popped. And um, like, he's got energizer bunny, like speed, like his, I mean, like, I mean, like he's just, inc- I mean, like he's just got wicked awesome speed. Um you know, and I, you know, and I love his ability to just, you know, just to rely on his crossovers and, you know, in order to build up that acceleration and, you know, and he's, you know, and he's gone and he's, you know, and he's just incredibly dynamic in terms of his transitional play. And, you know, and, you know, and I can't wait to see what he does at the NCAA level. I mean, there's all, I mean, look, there's also a chance that he doesn't even go 
you know, to the University of Minnesota, right? Because I mean, I, I, I mean, I, I mean, technically, like I, I mean, technically, it's possible that Logan Cooley isn't in isn't in NHL jersey next year. For sure. I mean, you, you just look at the skill set that he brings to wherever he lands in the draft. Um, there's not a team that couldn't use his skill set and his abilities. I mean, there's a little bit of work there to do on the skating, but that's just fine tuning in my opinion. Um, and the only other thing I could say he may want to, you know, kind of work on is a little bit of size. I mean, 5'10", 175 is definitely not bad. Um, but I mean, yeah, you're totally right in saying he very well could be in the NHL next year. And I don't think there'd be many people that would bat an eye at it. I mean, that's just how talented he is. Yeah, like I like I feel like he would be a fun like one two punch with like Matthew Beniers. So like if see if like Seattle can pull that off, like man, that like man, that would just be a lot of fun, no? Oh, for sure. I mean, Seattle's got a position where they didn't necessarily take the best team on paper in terms of the expansion draft. And I mean, if you can build through the actual draft with guys like Veneers and potentially Cooley, I mean, yeah, you're setting yourself up. It's never a bad thing to have too many uh, top quality centers. That's for sure. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, it was, you know, it was the Pittsburgh model, you know, that really, um, you know, that really took the league by storm. And, you know, and that is that, you know, you really have to have like a, you know, like two, I mean, like two incredible uh, centermen in your top six. And, um, you know, and, you know, and they really set the tone, you know, in terms of, um, you know, I mean, I mean, like in terms of their secondary scoring and, um, you know, and in today's, in, in today's NHL, you know, you need to have, you know, extremely good playmaking centers on both, uh, you know, on both of your top lines. And so, you know, and so if you can bring in a, a guy like Logan Cooley, you know, and, um, you know, and have him play with, you know, a guy like Matthew Baneers, um, you know, that's, you know, I mean, that, I mean, that would just be great. I mean, yeah, I mean, but I mean, I feel like the Kraken also really can't go wrong either. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's definitely a lot of talent in the top, I'd say probably top six. I mean, I don't want to, I don't think it's safe to assume the Kraken are going to be in the top six, but I mean, if you're trying to project at this point, I mean, you're, you're probably looking somewhere within the top seven or eight. And I mean, there's, there's a lot of talent that can be had there depending on how they want to build their prospect pool. And definitely, I mean, if they could get Cooley, that would be huge. Yeah. Yeah, man. And uh, let's move on to another uh, U.S. national team development program uh, player, uh, Lane Hudson. So uh, I recently wrote a scouting report on, um, on Lane and it is up on, uh, and it, it, yeah, it is up on smart scouting. Um, Humble brain. He is headed to BU. Um and it is and it is interesting timing too because uh, Dominic Fensor, uh, who is a Carolina Hurricanes prospect, um, he you know he's roughly you know the same you know build, um, you know, and his you know and his play style is pretty similar to Lane's, um, you know that you know both um, you know both are incredibly speedy. 
you know, great uh, puck distribution. Uh, you know, they can, um, you know, and they love to, you know, and they love to generate open ice for themselves by using body language, uh, you know, um, you know, and shifting their weight. Um, you know, both, you know, I mean, both of these guys are a lot of fun and the style and play, you know, very, you know, you know, very, you know, very much is like a, you know, I mean, sorry, very much is a, uh, you know, dead on, uh, sorry, I lost my train of thought there. Um, yeah, they, I mean, yeah, I mean, like, they just have like a really, really, sorry. Um, yeah, I mean, like, they're, I mean, like, they're playing, like, yeah, like, their playing style is just very, very similar, and, uh, you know, and I can't wait to see what Lane does at BU, because, you know, I've seen uh, Fansor grow, um, you know, and develop, and, you know, and he's been tearing it up, uh, you know, for Boston U University. Yeah, I mean, you're so right. I think they play kind of similar games as well. Um, but just to touch on Hudson there, I mean, yeah, definitely for his development, I think going somewhere where they already have a proven track record in developing someone with a similar style, similar skill set, and not only, uh, or not to mention just similar, you know, features, I guess, in, in terms of height and weight. Um, it, it's going to be interesting to see how Hudson kind of develops there. I mean, I can see him getting at least, I don't want to say he'd make the jump right away. He definitely has the talent um in the in the skill set to do so but i think it may benefit him in the long run to kind of stick around for a couple of years just like uh fensor did uh he's if i'm not mistaken fensor is a is he a junior i believe he is a junior um and lane uh per elite prospects i believe that there's a gap year um so um so lane wouldn't be headed there uh for the 2022 2023 season he um he'd be at bu for 2023 2024 um yeah i think you're right on that doing some research myself but i believe you're uh you're correct there yeah so that would yeah so that would um so that so that would be in line with when uh fensori would then age out um and so what have you thought of lane so far this year there's not too too many guys on the uh national team program uh, for the U18s that I'm not high on. Uh, mm -hmm. Hudson definitely is, has played very well from the back end there. I mean, he's the, <laughs> the U18s and the U17s, for that matter, they love to develop fully rounded prospects. I mean, in doing all my reports on them in years previous, there's not many prospects that they push out that aren't capable of holding their own in every zone of the ice, regardless of the position they play. They do churn out every single year plenty of well-rounded players and Hudson's definitely no exception I mean I love him in the defensive zone he's, his gap control is great um, and especially his offensive game too I mean you look at him he's what's he got this season like 25 points and the majority of that's coming from assists a lot of primary assists as well so he definitely has that playmaking ability mm-hmm and I honestly, he'd just be a, he'd be a ton of fun to watch in the NHL. <laughs> I mean, yeah. if, if he could model himself kind of in that power play role, like I, I always kind of say this whenever I see a small defenseman that can rack up points, but Marc-Andre Bergeron style, 
if he could be like to that effectiveness, um, even at even strength as well as on the power play, I mean, whoever ends up selecting him, the draft's going to be more than ecstatic. Let's move on to Cutter Goche. Um, so Paul, so I, I know that you're working on a Cutter Goche report. Um, you know, what are, um, you know, what are, you know, what are your thoughts on Cutter? Um, you know, his stock has definitely been, uh, climbing up and up and, uh, and yeah. Yeah. I mean, Cutter is definitely another one of my favorite players in the draft. Um, again, another well-rounded player that they've uh, been able to, uh, churn out. I mean, uh, he technically he's not drafted yet, but I mean, he just, he, the U18s are so, so deep in their top six. I mean, any kind of combination you want to throw them in, put the, put all six names into a blender and regardless mm-hmm. of how they come out, there's going to, there's going to be talent there. There's going to be chemistry. I mean, Cutter is such a flexible player. Like, I mean, if he's at center, he's capable. If he's on the wing, he's capable. I love his shot. Although I wish sometimes he'd be a little more selective with where he shoots the puck from. <laughs> but uh if he's given any sort of time and space in the offensive zone he'll make you pay and i think teams are going to love that aspect about his game um like i said if you could just work a little bit on the accuracy and the decision making behind when he lets the shot off i think uh i think teams will be happy yeah and he's got like and he's got a little bit of like a physical grit to him too no Exactly. I mean, he, he kind of does it all for them. And that's an aspect I think that a lot of teams could use in their, in their repertoire is someone who kind of adds that snarl that can score. I mean, Brad Marchant's a pain in the ass to play against, but he'll get under your skin. He's physical and he racks up points. You know what I mean? And that's not to say that Cutter and Brad Marchant are the same player, but when you look at their style of play, I mean, it's something that pretty much every team would love to have. Yeah. I think, and, I think uh, that's going to benefit him very well. Yeah. And he's also headed uh, my way as he's going to uh, Boston college. So he will, uh, so, um, so he will be playing under Jerry York. For sure. And I mean, what, what better place to kind of craft your skill than under, that, under Jerry York? I mean, hell of a coach. And next up, I want to talk about Adam Ingram uh, of, um, of Youngstown, um, who has been leading the USHL in total points for uh, draft year eligible prospects, if you exclude uh, US NTDP uh, uh, players, um, and um, you know, and I've you know, and I've seen a bit of uh, Adam, and um, you know, and what I you know what I like about him is that. You know, he seems to do a very, very good job at getting a lot of open ice, um, you know, in the neutral zone, you know, right, you know, right near the blue line, uh, you know, keying up uh, passing lanes, um, sorry, passing lane options, you know, for his teammates to exploit. And, you know, and then he, um, you know, and that, and that allows him to create a lot of uh, breakaway opportunities for himself. And, uh, you know, he seems to do a good job at, you know, manipulating the goaltender, um, you know, getting, you know, getting them to believe that he's either going to shift left or, you know, or shift right, um, you know, and, you know, and once he sells them on it, you know, then he goes through the five hole, um, you know, so he's done 
a you know so he's done a great job at generating uh you know break away goals for himself uh you know with Youngstown um and he's a St. Cloud State uh university commit um and uh well as we were talking about mascots earlier I can't remember what I can't remember what the St. Cloud State mascot is um but, are they uh, the Norsemen uh you know I'm now curious St. Cloud uh huskies ah they are the huskies that's right yeah you know and um you know and i'm very very sorry if you know if i you know if i've angered any uh you know if i've angered any college sports fans um but uh wow there are a lot of mascots in uh college sports i mean you know i mean when you factor in that there's uh, you know, that there's three different levels too. I mean, you've got D1, D2, and D and D3. It's just, it's just a lot of mascot names. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Uh, but just, just to touch on Adam Ingram, I mean, offensively, there's a lot to like there. I mean, as you already touched on, he's got breakaway speed. And I, someone asked me about him the other day and I was saying like death taxes and Adam Ingram breakaways. It's just, it's one of those things that is just, almost a, a given per game. I mean, it seems like every game that I, I tune in to watch Youngstown, he's, he's got at least a couple. But, I mean, the, the offensive talents there, um, there are obviously a few aspects of his game I think he could look to improve on. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, some, his skating needs some work. I mean, he's got speed, but it's not necessarily the most beautiful piece of work, I guess you could say. <laughs> Um, that being said though, um, I think he projects more as a winger mm-hmm. at the next level. Um, I don't think center would be his best fit, especially for his skill set. Okay. But like, as far as offensive goes, I mean, he's a great passer of the puck. He's got very, very good hockey sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think for his size, he, he's someone who is definitely worth like a mid-round gamble on. I mean, I'd be comfortable taking him somewhere in like the third or fourth. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I mean, so then more. I mean, more than likely, we'll end up, you know, on the next uh, Smart Scout rankings, which you know, which will be the final rankings. Um, but you know, we are still a ways out from that. Um, so, but yeah, so you said like third or fourth, you know, or fourth round. Yeah, that's kind of the, the wheelhouse I would say that he's looking at. I mean, people are going to look at his point totals and they may kind of, I don't want to say overinflate because I definitely think the talent's there where he could warrant it if mm-hmm. he improves on those things that we talked about. I mean, at the moment, he's still a little bit rough around the edges. But I mean, if I'm sitting there in like the third or fourth round and I see, see, see someone who's led the USHL in points aside from uh, US and TDP players, Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm taking a gamble. Why so, wouldn't you? So I'm so I'm curious. Let's do um, sorry. Uh, let's do a game which uh, sorry a game which I don't think we well yeah we've never done on this uh, sorry on this podcast. Let's I mean, but let's basically play like a you know uh, a who would you yeah a who yep yeah, sorry a who would you rather draft. So, you know, if we're going by, you know, the last Smart Scout rankings, uh, I'm loading it up on my phone. 
bear, uh, bear with me. And this is all spontaneous, so this is obviously taking longer. Um, so would you take uh, Cole Spicer over him? That's a good question. Uh, I mean, I think Spicer's got more. Uh, he, I hate to keep going back to it, but he's just he's better in all aspects of the game. Mm-hmm. But in terms of offensive production, I mean, they're both kind of similar. I mean, Spicer played when he was younger with. Um, Oh my God, I'm drawing a blank. Is it Logan Cooley you played with? I'm not. Positive. Oh, no, 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 no. It was Nazar. Sorry, Frank Nazar. I knew it was one of those guys. Um, and I think Spicer, when he was, uh, I think it was, it was his 14U year, I think. He had something like crazy. I'm going to look it up here. It was like 190 or 170 points or something like that. Oh, damn. Just loading it up here. Uh, yeah, so yeah, so uh, 2019 2020 season, he was playing for 15U uh, Honey Baked in 63 games. He had 169 points. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, you look at those stats, and like it's it's definite that you know he knows what to do with the puck on a stick. Yeah. Um, and the same kind of goes for Adam Ingram. But if I'm sitting there in like the third or fourth round and I'm looking at the board and both players are available, I'm probably going to lean Cole Spicer, but it's close. What about uh, Cole Knubel? Hmm. That's also a good one. I would probably lean on the side of Ingram on that just because I think the raw offensive talent is better than Knubel at this point. I think the aspects of Ingram's game that might not be as strong as Knubel are definitely aspects that can be worked on and improved. Um, but that kind of like raw, natural offensive ability and that talent to know what to do with the puck when it's on your stick. I mean, there's part of that that's teachable, but there's also a great part of that that's not. And I think Ingram has the part that's not teachable. It's just like an instinct. So, I mean, if it's between Cole Knubel and Adam Ingram, I'm probably leaning Ingram on that one. I got I got one more, maybe two more. Uh, Danny Jilkin. Ooh, Danny Jilkin. I look at someone like Danny Jilkin and I kind of think like he's so hot and cold. I mean, like there's moments where he can actually look like he belongs in the first round of this year's draft. And then there's moments that it looks like he probably is still like two or three years away from being anything. And so like someone that that's that volatile, I'd like to see a little more raw talent, but I mean, uh, it's also hard to tell because that Guelph team's got a couple good scores on there. And like, for example, Sasha passage off. Ooh, that's, that's such a tough one. I'm going to lean. Uh, Why are you doing this to me? (laughs) All right. I'm not even going to think about it anymore. I'm on the hot seat. (laughs) Exactly. Holy heck. I'm probably going to take, I'm going to take Jilkin, but it's like wafer thin of a margin okay that that's like a 50.1 over four like 49.9 <laughs> um and then one last last one uh brennan ali i like brennan ali 
I'd like to see him have a little more consistency where he plays because it seems like the last couple of seasons he's been all over the map. I mean, he's been playing for uh, the U.S. national team. He's been playing for Avon. Um, he had a stop in the USHL, too, if I'm not mistaken. Let me just check that one out. Yeah, I uh, I, be- I believe you're right. I just can't remember what team. Um, yeah, so, so he's played with Lincoln. Okay. Um, so, I mean, like, he's just – I'd like to see him kind of sit in a spot – and then kind of build on that. I mean, it's kind of hard to judge talent when he's playing against three different ranks of, of, of basically different players. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I like him a lot. I liked a lot what he did last year in the little stint with the U-17s, uh, although points didn't necessarily show. But, I mean, big kid, 6'1", 194. I think he, he's kind of a diamond in the rough. I would say I'd feel comfortable taking Ali probably late second, early third. So between those two, I'm taking Ali. Cool. Cool. Well, um, I, I, I'm really, really sorry to put you on the hot seat and uh, don't be, it's always fun. And uh, you know, maybe, you know, maybe we'll make a thing out of it and you know, we need a sponsor. So if anybody wants to sponsor us, go ahead. The hot seat. It's, Hit the uh, DMS. Let's go. Yes. Uh <laughs> It's the hot seat name game. Uh, uh, pick them. I'm, you know, we'll, you know, we will workshop the, uh, the name of the game. <laughs> um, but, uh, um, but yeah, so let's move to the OHL. Um, so I want to talk to you about Shane Wright. And I also want to talk to you about Christian Kyrie. Um, which, uh, w- uh, which player do you want to talk about first? <laughs> I mean, let's, let's start with the obvious. Let's go Shane, right? Okay, cool. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, so Shane Wright is, uh, um, you know, is off to a, uh, you know, is off to really, really nice, um, hot streak. Uh, I, um, I sent out a tweet earlier, uh, and I believe he had, uh, sorry, yeah, I believe he's had 11 points in five, uh, sorry, in the last five games. Um, in that, uh, and that is before tonight's game against the 67s. And, um, and I am not checking the score right now. So, uh, so I'm not sure if he, uh, so I'm not sure if he's been able to add to it. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, he's, I mean, he's been on a real, real, nice streak as of late um i will say this there are you know i feel like a decent amount of like the um sorry i feel like a decent amount of like the points that he's been able to gather on this uh streak um you know have been you know been like a little bit like less uh you know crafty so to speak um so where you know i mean so where he didn't really do a whole lot, um, you know, in order to generate the, um, sorry, in, you know, in, you know, in order to generate the goal, um, sorry, not, um, sorry, not generate the goal, but, um, sorry, but find the, you know, ideal teammate, uh, you know, for, um, you know, for them to score. So, you know, with that being said, you know, he had a assist off the draw against the, the 67s going back uh, to the 21st. Um, and then he had a pass along the boards to Belanger uh, at the point. 
uh, to key up a five on five goal on the 21st. Um, but uh, what I, but his game tape from the 18th and the 12th, um, I, um, I enjoyed both, uh, sorry, I enjoyed both of those games quite a bit. Um, so he had a goal um, early on, I believe, um, you know, where, you know, where he, where he was able to cut to the net, uh, you know, and do a little stutter step, you know, shift, you know, shift his weight, um, uh, you know, and, sorry, and then cradle the puck, um, you know, slightly to, uh, sorry, slightly to his right in order to uh, manipulate the goaltender and open up the five hole. Um, yeah, and he, yeah, and, you know, and, you know, and that was just a great example of how, uh, you know, of how crafty he can be, um, you know, um, you know, on, you know, unfortunately for, you know, a decent amount of like the first half of like the year, you know, we didn't really see that, you know, level of, uh, you know, I mean, you know, level of generating uh, scoring chances down low like that, um, you know, in his play. And so, you know, and so it's great to see it come out now. Um, and, uh, and yeah. And, uh, you know, what have you thought of uh, Shane Wright's hot streak? For sure. I mean, it, it's definitely going to bode well for him when you look at the scouting community. I mean, it's it's not unknown that a lot of people have been saying it. I guess his question, he's been called into question, I guess, for uh, terms of potentially being the number one overall pick because a lot of people don't necessarily take a deep dive and look at his actual game. They just see the points and they're like, oh, why is a projected number one overall player not scoring at a ridiculous rate? Where if, you know, you watched much of his games or much of Kingston's games for that matter this year. A lot of the times Kingston just hasn't had much luck when it comes to putting the puck in the net. And I mean, like, like you said, he's a very uh, deceiving player. He's an absolute magician with the puck on his stick. And like that goal the other night against Ottawa, like you, like you spoke about, it's just a, a, a clip of what he can do. And I think last year, obviously with there being no OHL and he didn't go anywhere to play. I think that kind of threw a wrench into his development, however small it may be. Um, obviously, like when he was 15, his first year in the OHL, he, he was really talented, played very well. And usually you'd be looking to build on that right away. And unfortunately, because of COVID, he had to wait that extra year. And I think it kind of got him off to a slow start. I mean, what did he play? Five games at the uh, U18s for Canada? Yeah, and that's pretty much the only gameplay he saw for the better part of a year and a half yeah so I mean that kind of it, it's hard to go from being so good and then not playing and then jump right back into being good so it took him a little time to get going this year but I think now he's he's on this heater that he's on uh look out because it's only going to get better from here in my opinion yeah yeah and you know and I um you know, and I'm incredibly grateful to, you know, to see it too, because, you know, I, I mean, I've seen a bunch of, uh, I mean, I've seen a bunch of comments, you know, saying that, you know, saying that Shane Wright, you know, doesn't, uh, you know, uh, you know, doesn't, you know, doesn't deserve the number one spot. And in my head, I'm like, okay, but who else, but, but who else has like, like, yeah, I mean, like, 
you know, like, yeah, Logan Cooley, you know, has had a great year, but, you know, but I, you know, but I, I don't feel comfortable up, uh, sorry, but, you know, I, I don't feel comfortable, um, you know, having Cooley over right, um, you know, and I know that Uri uh, Slavkovsky's uh, name has been uh, picking up uh, steam lately uh, in terms of uh, his play at the Olympics. Um, but, you know, but I mean, with that said, you know, I, you know, I want to air caution to, you know, to making uh, decisions based on Olympic play, because, you know, you're not, you know, you're not always playing against, you know, even competition. Um, you know, there are, you know, there are a lot of nations that, you know, that, um, you know, that just, you know, that don't generate um, a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of NHL, um, you know, level talent. Um, and so, you know, and so with that, you know, and so with that being said, you know, it's, um, you know, it's definitely, you know, difficult in order to make a uh, ranking adjustment, you know, based on all, you know, based on all Olympic play. But, you know, with that being said, I, you know, I do really, really like Uri Slavkovsky, but I'm not ready to, well, sorry. I shouldn't say I'm not ready. I like, I'm not, I'm, I'm not, I'm not the person in the room saying, you know, saying I'm, you know, saying that I would take you right over him. You know, if I, you know, if I have the number one pick, I'm taking Shane Wright. And, you know, in my opinion on that hasn't, you know, hasn't changed at all. And, you know, and I do really like uh, Logan Cooley and I do really like Uri Slavkovsky and, you know, and I do really like Brad Lambert. Um, you know, I mean, I do really like David Yurichek, uh, you know, Matthews, you know, Matthew Savoy, um, you know, there are, you know, I mean, you know, I mean, there's so much talent, you know, within, um, you know, within the top 10, you know, range, but, you know, with that being said, you know, I, I just haven't seen any prospect, you know, um, you know, unseat, uh, you know, Shane Wright. No, I totally agree. I mean, you hit the nail on the head with that one. I mean, Shane Wright's obviously, he is who he is. He's obviously exceptional status. You, you look at somebody who came into the OHL as a 15-year-old and he put up more than a point per game. I mean, that's that's incredible numbers. It's not every day that you see somebody do that. Um, I think over the course of the season, he's obviously been the consensus number one and that top or that decision, I guess, if you want to call it a decision, has kind of been wavering as of late. But you're so right when you say that there's been a lot of high-end talent in uh, the first, let's say, 10 picks of this year that have been on absolute tears, especially as of late when you mentioned Slykovsky, uh, but you, you're right. I don't see anybody. And I'm like one of the biggest Logan Cooley fans out there. And I, I could talk about him for hours, but I still don't think even all that he's done this year would be able to dethrone Shane Wright. And that just, it's a testament to how much talent Wright has as a player and how much, of a future he has um, at the NHL level. And I mean, he's one of those players that I think right now you could instantly plug into pretty much any team capable of drop 
drafting in the top 10 and you could slot him in your middle six and not think twice about it. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it, as of right now, I agree. There's, I'm, I'm not wavering off taking Shane Wright first overall, regardless of what happens at the moment. Yep. Um, and uh, next up, let's talk about uh, Christian Cairo um, of the Erie Otters. Um, and, uh, you know, and speaking of players that, um, uh, you know, that are, you know, that have been doing well as of late, um, you know, Cairo has been hot um, in February. Uh, you know, he said, um, you know, he said quite a few goals. Um, you know, what I, you know, what I like about him is that, you know, is that he can be deceptive. Um, uh, you know, I mean, like he does a great job faking, sorry, faking shots from like the point, sorry, faking shots from the point, uh, you know, manipulating the attacker in front of him and then opening up ice for himself and, um, you know, and skating up lanes and shooting. Um, you know, I, I, I think there's, you know, I think there was one goal where I felt like his windup was a little bit too heavy and a little bit too noticeable. So, you know, I mean, so there are instances where I'd like his windup to be a little bit shortened, you know, because, you know, because if he's about to attempt a shot, you know, you don't, you know, you don't want to oversell your hand. So, um, you know, so, you know, so with that, you know, so that, yeah, with that said, you know, he, you know, I, I, I'd like to see him cut down on his windup slightly, um, you know, but I, but I just love his deception and, you know, and how he's been able to um, open up ice for himself, um, you know, and get down low. And, uh, and I very much love, I, I think it was back in January, uh, against the Kitchener Rangers, um, you know, in which he had a sweet backhand feed to the slot, um, you know, and, you know, and he found just like, you know, just a little bit of space uh, in order to create a passing lane. And, uh, he, and he took it and he, and he made it work. And, uh, and uh, that led to a, a primary assist for him. So, yeah. So what, so what are your thoughts on, uh, uh, Christian Cairo. Yeah, I mean Cairo's definitely had uh, had a very good stretch as of late. I mean that game winner from the other night uh, against Owen Sound was a thing of beauty. Oh yeah. I mean it's that when you speak of highlight real goals, I mean that's got to be up there for the OHL this season. But yeah, uh, no, like like you said, Cairo's one of those players who I think is a joy to watch offensively. I mean, there's obviously a little bit of development there to be done. Um, in like the neutral zone and in the defensive half. But I mean, for what Christian Cairo is as a player right now, there's not really many issues that I'd be concerned with. He's definitely someone that's skyrocketing up people's rankings and it wouldn't shock me to see him kind of creep into the first round in a lot of people's lists once, you know, kind of final rankings come around. Um, but right now he's leading the OHL in uh, 2022 draft eligible defenseman in points. Uh, sorry, no, he's tied. I believe he's tied with Ty Nelson. Um, I, I think he might have passed Ty Nelson. I can't remember. Did he pass him? I think he might have. Let me let me double check. Uh, Christian Cairo. 
because I, I vaguely remember looking at this earlier. I feel like he passed. I feel like he passed him, and it was like by like three or four points. Um, come on, phone. Uh, now I'm getting an annoying ad. Um, hold on one second. Uh, I'm trying to find him. Uh, 41 points in 44 games, and uh, Ty Nelson is at 37 and 48. So, yep, he, yeah, he's just, uh, he's just past Ty Nelson. Uh, so yeah, he's uh, pretty sure he's the uh, number one uh, point getter for uh, OHL draft eligible defenseman. Yep, and uh, and in and com if you compare his point totals. Uh, to forwards, um, uh, he's uh, um, uh, he's tied with Owen Beck. Uh, he's one uh, he's um, he's one point in back of uh, David Goyette. Uh, yeah, he's yeah. So he yeah. So uh, yeah. So just to reiterate, yeah, he is the um, he's the number one uh, point producing uh, defender. Um, who is a uh, NHL draft eligible prospect in the OHL. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's great for him. He's definitely having a, a hot streak the last, uh, I'd say probably what a couple months since around Christmas time started to pick it up. Yep. So it's great for him. Obviously he's heating up at the right time. Um, but yeah, like I said, I mean, I could see somebody potentially moving him up into the first round. And I mean, obviously uh, having, a brother like he does being such a I'd say he's pretty underrated in yeah. St. Louis yeah but I mean he's quick he can shoot he can score I mean that that's going to go a long way with scouts when they're looking to make a selection this year and I mean it's if he keeps it up it's going to make it an interesting conversation if you're looking at someone like Christian Cairo versus Ty Nelson yeah yeah I don't um you know um you know, I just, you know, I just don't know exactly where I, I mean, where I would take him right now, but yeah, he's definitely, um, you know, but yeah, I mean, he's, you know, I mean, he's definitely a name to consider, um, you know, that has definitely, um, you know, that has, you know, that has definitely been doing well in terms of uh, production so far in this calendar year. Um, what, um, you know, where, um you know, if we were to do one more name game, um, where uh, where would where would you put Cairo? So let me let me load back up the rankings, and I'm sure and I'm sure Paul is ready to yell at me. Um, oh man, I can take it. I'm always up for a challenge. Uh, let's, let's try to add in some. Uh, actually, hmm. Uh, Pavel Minchukov. He is an enigma. Uh, I know there's a lot of people in our, our smart group here who are quite fond of, of Pavel. I'm not even going to try and attempt to pronounce his last name because I'm sure I'll embarrass myself. But uh, if it's between those guys, I mean, I'm probably leaning more Pavel at the moment just because 
it, it's hard to kind of project if Kyrie is going to stay on this level of production. I mean, hot streaks are hot streaks. There's a very good chance that he could continue. And there's also an equally good chance that he could taper off and kind of just go back to the beginning of the season form. I think someone like Pavel, who has a little bit more of an intriguing skill set in my eyes mm-hmm. uh, at the moment, I'd probably take him over, over Kyrie. What about Sam Renzel? Renzel's an interesting, an interesting player. I mean, he looked really, really good uh, for a couple months this season. I thought his uh, BioSteel All-American game was a little bit, uh, left a little bit to be desired there. That's not to say he played bad, but there were definitely a couple moments in that game where it's just like kind of make the more simple play and just worry about getting the fuck up ice and and whatnot. But I mean, between those two, uh, probably Renzel, but it's getting close. Okay. Um, have you caught any? Have you caught any Swedes? Not too too many. Who are you thinking? Uh, Matthias Havlid. I haven't caught much of him as of late. I caught a little bit of him at the beginning of the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, so based off that play, I mean, I think Havlid's better right now. How okay. that projects down the road, I don't know. Like I said, I'm not overly high um, in watching a lot of Swedes as of late. But just for out of ignorance, I would say Havlid at this point. Cool. Cool. Well, uh, uh, I'm sorry to put you on the hot seat once more. <laughs> hot seat sponsored by your name here. Yeah. Uh, sponsor us. Uh, well, Paul, uh, thank you so much for coming on, buddy. Uh, and, uh, you know, and as, and as we mentioned earlier, you're working on a, a cutter Goche re- report uh, that should, that should be out sooner than later. Um, I've got a report on Noah Warren uh, of the Gatino Olympique. Uh, that will be coming out uh, at some point soon as well. So stay tuned for those. Um, Paul, um, where can everybody find you? You can find me on Twitter at paulzook underscore 81. Always willing to uh, talk hockey, talk prospects. And uh, if you feel free, uh, give me a follow. Love to connect. Great. And thank you so much, Paul. And uh, thank you for tuning in.